0: Well, church, throughout uh, this season of Advent, we are preparing our hearts for the Lord's return by looking at the effect that Jesus' coming into the world has had on some of the different characters from the very first Advent and Christmas story in the Bible. And then, having considered how Jesus affected the original cast of Christmas characters We're considering how His coming into our lives might have the same type of effect on us. Last week, we began by looking at at, uh, the coming of Jesus through the eyes of Zechariah and Elizabeth. And the birth of their son, John the Baptist. And we were reminded uh, how God often shows up in the most unexpected circumstances of our lives. To Zechariah and Elizabeth, God showed up in their old age... And in their childless marriage, to provide them with their long-desired but hope-abandoned dream of having a child. It was God showing up in the hopeless and barren places of their lives in order to bring hope and life. It was a reminder that our God is a God who brings hope to the hopeless, life to the lifeless. And that there is no place in our lives that is so hopeless that it is beyond the hope of God. And there is no place in our lives so dead or so barren that it is beyond His renewal and His restoration. What incredible hope that gives us for the very hardest places of our lives. Isn't Advent great? Today we're looking at the Advent and Christmas story through the experience of Mary. Mary. The mother of Jesus. And that story is found in Luke chapter 1 beginning in verse 26. So if you have a Bible and want to turn along uh, there with me so you can follow along, that would be great. Through Mary's story, uh, we are going to consider the disruption and the inconvenience that Jesus coming into the world brought into her life. So today, you're hearing this right. We're talking about how Jesus is a disruption and an inconvenience to our lives. Now, having said that, some of you may be glad that you're sitting far enough away from me that if I am struck by lightning for saying such a thing, you will be spared. That sounds sacrilegious. Sounds like an abomination to God, doesn't it? But consider... What Mary endured as a direct result of Jesus' coming, in every way imaginable, He completely disrupted and inconvenienced her life and turned her entire world upside down. I mean, think about it. From the moment that Jesus' birth was foretold by the angel Gabriel, we're told in Luke chapter 1, verse 29, that Mary was understandably... Confused, and that she couldn't discern what was going on. I mean, imagine how disorienting all of this must have been for her. She was a young teenage girl, quietly going about her life, excited to be engaged, anticipating getting married, looking forward to her future, when, boom, out of nowhere, this news that makes absolutely no sense and which will radically alter the direction of her life, and which will have major implications on her future, is dropped on her out of nowhere. It literally came out of thin air. What does a young girl do with news like that? At first, it caused her great fear. We know that because the angel had to tell her not to be afraid. She was terrified of this visitation. And fear would have been a very appropriate response. For if this news was true, if she was really going to have a baby out of marriage, then life as Mary had known it would be over. In that culture, Mary would never have recovered from those circumstances. So the announcement of Jesus' coming into Mary's life understandably brought fear. It also caused confusion. We see that in Mary's questioning of the angel when she asks, How is this even possible since I'm a virgin? Jesus' coming into Mary's life was completely disorienting. But what was being told to her was not a physical possibility. That there was literally no earthly way that this could have happened to her. What was going on? In addition to her fear and to her confusion, this news brought misunderstanding and embarrassment and shame into Mary's life and into the lives of those that she loved. We didn't hear it in our gospel reading this morning from Luke, but in Matthew's account of this uh, story uh, of Jesus' coming into her life, we hear that Mary's fiancé Joseph resolved to divorce her as a result of this news. Being a godly man, he wanted to do it quietly because he knew the shame that this would bring upon her. An unwed girl, now pregnant with child. That condition only comes about by one way. And Joseph knew that it wasn't his doing, which made matters even worse. It was embarrassing and shameful and would have ruined her reputation. Mary's life as she knew it. And her future as she had perceived it were over. As a result of all of this, we're told in verse 39 that Mary had to flee from her home. She went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah to live with a relative, Elizabeth. She literally had to run away in order to avoid the shame and the humiliation and the social disgrace of being perceived as a woman of ill repute which would have been undeniably evidenced by her ever-growing belly. The coming of Jesus into Mary's life was a complete and total disruption and inconvenience into everything that she had ever known and loved up to that point. His arrival brought fear and confusion and embarrassment and loss and social ostracization. Jesus' coming radically disrupted every aspect of her life. He turned it all upside down. Which leads me to ask the question. Has Jesus' coming into this world radically disrupted your life? Have you had your world turned upside down because Jesus entered into it? The answer is no. If you've never had your life disrupted because of the presence of Jesus daily growing inside of you, if you've never been inconvenienced by the fact that you are beginning to look different and act different day by day by day as Jesus overtakes your life, if you've never been disrupted and inconvenienced by His presence in your life, then it ought to cause you to stop and ask the question, Of whether or not he is actually growing inside Because the idea that Jesus is coming into our world as a disruption or an inconvenience. Is not ultimately an irreverent or a profane idea. And it is not just a consequence of Mary's unique circumstances as his biological mother. This is actually Jesus' own promise to us of what all of His disciples can expect when He comes into any of our lives. He says it over and over again. In Matthew chapter 10, when Jesus was sending His disciples out into the world to do ministry and to live life, He warned them that persecutions would come upon them as a result of Him. Jesus warned the disciples that they would be misunderstood and hated because of His name. Later in that same speech, he told them that he did not come to bring peace to the earth, but a sword, meaning that he will bring division and disruption and that all of our old allegiances and alliances will need to be cut. Our old ties to the world severed if we want to follow after him. In another instance, on the night uh, of the Last Supper with his disciples from John chapter 15, Jesus reminded them that a servant is not greater than. Than his master. And so if the world persecuted him. Which it did. It would persecute us also. Which it will. Later in the scriptures. The apostle Peter told the church. Not to be surprised when fiery trials come upon us. Because of our association with Jesus. He says this is ultimately us. Sharing in Christ's suffering. All of this reminds us. That the idea that we will experience disruption and inconvenience because of Jesus is an inevitable reality of His presence in our lives. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, the great German theologian, summed up this reality perfectly in his book, The Cost of Discipleship, where while musing on Jesus' insistence that if we want to follow Him, we must take up our crosses daily, Bonhoeffer said, That when Christ calls a man, he bids him come and die. To our old lives. To our old priorities. To our old passions and desires. These are all to be put to death when Jesus enters into our lives and as he grows inside of us. There's no greater inconvenience or disruption to our lives than this than dying to them. Jesus' coming turns everything upside down. Are you experiencing it? Has your life been disrupted by Jesus coming into it? If if you hear that question and your answer is I'm not sure, I think a good question to ask throughout the season of Advent is, why not? Because in the Scriptures, no one who encounters Jesus remains unchanged. Everyone who encounters Him is affected one way or another. There are some in the Scriptures who receive the disruption that Jesus' arrival presents very poorly. Right In the Advent story, when King Herod heard uh, news that a new king was being born... That threatened uh, to disrupt and inconvenience the status quo of his life because he was the current king of Judea. And so rather than welcome the new king, Herod sought to eliminate him. Some people can't stand the disruption that Jesus brings into their lives. They like things just the way they are. And anyone or anything who threatens to disrupt the status quo or upset the apple cart of their lives... They seek to avoid or to ignore or to eliminate at all costs. So some disregard or fight against the disruptions that Jesus' presence brings. But Mary shows us a very different response. In the face of the complete disruption of her life and the misunderstandings and the inconveniences and the radical redirecting that Jesus' arrival brought to her, Mary responds by saying, I am a servant of the Lord. May it be to me according to your word. Whatever the consequences of Jesus' entering into her life might have been, Mary welcomed them. She didn't understand them all, she couldn't make sense of them all. She surely didn't like some of the effects of them all. They had a huge impact on her life in almost every way imaginable. But as she surrendered all of that to the plans and the purposes of God for her life, and as she considered it a privilege to be used by Him in whatever way He saw fit. For Mary, the privilege of the presence of God coming into her life was worth far more than any loss she may have experienced as a result of his coming. She knew that life with God, no matter what that looked like, was far greater than life without God. In, it. in fact, Mary may have been the model for the Apostle Paul, who years later when recounting his own disruptions because of Jesus' presence in his life, having gone from being the most prominent of Pharisees to one who was beaten and bludgeoned and considered a fool for Christ, stated that I count everything as a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I might gain Christ and be found in him. Paul had lost his status, lost his standing, lost his reputation, lost his friends, but none of that mattered. What Mary knew and what Paul knew is that it doesn't matter what you lose. It doesn't matter what has to change. It doesn't matter how great the disruption or inconvenience to your life is compared to knowing Jesus and his love for you. All the rest of what this world has to offer is like rubbish. It is less than nothing. It's just like Jesus said. If you try to keep your life the way it is. Without him in it. You'll end up losing it all anyway. But if you are willing to lose your life for Jesus' sake. If you are willing to let your life get turned upside down. And be radically inconvenienced for his sake. You find life that is truly life. This is what happened to Mary. And it led her to express one of the greatest hymns of praise that has ever been sung. It's known as the Magnificat. And it concluded our gospel reading this morning. It begins with these words. My soul magnifies the Lord. And my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. And the hymn goes on to declare the great works of God in Mary's life and in the lives of her people. But do you see what is happening in this? As Jesus grows in Mary, like literally and physically growing inside of her, as Jesus takes up more space in her life and gets bigger inside of her, her life begins to magnify more of him. The more he consumes of her, the more she is consumed with him to magnify him, to enlarge and enhance and increase and expand and to amplify and to intensify the place which he holds in her life, in her soul. How about for you, church? This is the second week of the season of Advent. A time when we remember that Jesus has come into the world and where we prepare ourselves for him to come again. As you are waiting and as you are watching for Christ to come, is he growing inside of you? Is his life becoming larger in your life? Is he consuming more of you, more of your thought, more of your attention, more of your emotion, more of your energy, more of your resources, more of you? If he does, it will cause disruption and inconvenience to your life as you knew it. But they are disruptions and they are inconveniences that we can embrace and celebrate. Because by them and through them, Jesus will be magnified in our lives. Our spirits will rejoice in God our Savior. For we will increasingly know, as Mary has said, that He has done great things for us. As you wait for Christ to come, embrace the disruptions that He brings and make your life your heart, your soul, your mind, your home. Make your life a hospitable environment for Christ to grow in you. This will be for our good and for God's glory. Amen.